just as an outline for today, we'll have a time of teaching and then we'll do some uh, question and answer time and then move into a time of, of prayer and intercession um, geared and based towards what Gaylord will, will share. So if you have a question um, during while he's speaking, feel free to pop it in the chat if you uh, don't want to wait until after and, and I can kind of field those and, and correlate them and present them uh, to Gaylord at, at the end. All right, Gaylord. Take it away. Hey, it's uh, awesome to be with you all. Oh, wow. Literally around the globe. And thank you, especially for our Hispanic uh, friends who just prayed that prayer. We love you. And thank God that we are in the body of Christ with you. So we're extremely grateful for that. So I just want to check with our technician and just know that um, everything's coming through okay. I, I want to, um, I just want to start because these, this 10 days is maybe the most strategic 10 days that we've ever had uh, in the history of the 10 days prayer movement. As you know, the world is, has been in a grip with a pandemic. Uh, so many things have changed. There is so much uh, confusion and in some places turmoil. And we are actually asking God for an absolute miracle of his intervention. And I believe we are on the leading edge of another move of God. And there is going to be a, uh, a, just a, a mighty move of God that is going to be coming. And we look forward to what God uh, is going to do in this next move of God. I do feel it's absolutely essential that we are able to make uh, some strategic intercession because very early in church history, we lost something that was so central to Christianity. That's gonna be the theme today. And I believe that as we intercede literally around the world, my sense is that this move of God cannot be without recovering something that is so much at the core of who we are. And to just help to outline that, um, I'll just tell you this, it's nothing less than the new commandment that Jesus gave us. But in order to do that, I wanna go back uh, some 3,300 years in history. It's a time when the children of Israel were at the base of Mount Sinai and Moses had gone up into the mountain and he was speaking to them uh, the, the words that we would come to understand as the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments. And uh, God begins to speak to them, and he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, he is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And the Lord begins to give them the Ten Commandments. He writes them in stone. You shall have no other God before me. You shall have no other idols in any form. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And you shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now, this happened as the children of Israel at the base of this mountain, which was literally smoking with thunder and lightning. And they heard the sound of this noise, and they were trembling with fear. And as we see uh, what happened there, uh, we see that the people, as they're standing at a distance, they said to Moses, Moses, 
you speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. So as you know, they were 40 years in that wilderness before they entered into the promised land. But when they were ready to enter the promised land, Moses, 40 years later, Moses reminded the people of what God had said. He said, when you, when you said this, don't speak to us. The Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I've commanded him. If anyone doesn't listen to my words that that prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. And then Moses looked at the people and he said to them, the Lord is going to raise up this prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. Now that was 1300 years before Jesus would be born uh, of Mary in Bethlehem. But I want to just move along and give us just a sense of history to bring us to this point. Some 300 years later, David, the, the young shepherd who became the king, a man after God's heart, uh, he uh, was prophetic and he began to hear the word of the Lord. And there was something that happened with him, which is recorded in Psalm 33, verse 1. He said this, Sing to the Lord a new song. Now, David had written many new songs, so he wasn't just a new composition, but what it was was a new theme that God was introducing uh, through David. And it goes like this in Psalm 33:1: Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. Sing to him a new song. Here's the new theme. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. Now, this was new because God had been dealing with Israel as a unique nation. But this new song expanded that vision and said, what's coming is for all of the earth. This is not just for the people of Israel. This is for all the earth. Moses says it again, or, or David says it again in Psalm 96, verse 1. He says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim, listen to that, all the earth, that's all of us. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, the going in the Greek, the Gentiles, his marvelous deeds among all people. So, this was introducing now a theme called a new song. It was a change that was coming, and it related to all of the nations, such as we are celebrating in prayer today around this world. Now, it was 300 years later, after David, and about the year 700 before Christ, we see a prophet comes on the scene. His name is Isaiah. And Isaiah, in chapter 42, verse 9, he says something that is strikingly similar, and it adds a piece to this puzzle. Here's what he says in verse 9. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. Notice that word, new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Listen to his next words. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the ends of the earth. 
So here it is 700 years later, and Isaiah hears this same word. There's something new that is coming, and there is a new song that is going to resonate around the world. He continues in Isaiah 43, 18, and he speaks these words, speaking for God. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Oh my goodness, this is exciting. This is uh, 700 years before Christ came. And so, I mean, if I were to say to one of you, say, would you uh, get me that thing in the other room? What, what would you say? I mean, you can put yourself in that position. You would go, what thing? What thing do you want? So when God says, see, I am doing a new thing, the question that comes to mind is this, what thing are you doing? What is that new thing? Well, we get the answer to the question a hundred years later, when two prophets come on the scene, it's Jeremiah and Ezekiel, and it's very explicit. God begins to tell us what that new thing is. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And I think this is really strategic for us to understand. Received the covenant uh, on Mount Sinai. It was a new covenant at that time. But now God has said, I'm going to do a new thing. And now he tells us through Jeremiah the prophet what that new thing will be. It's going to be a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. The next thing God says was this, it will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. So God is saying, I am going to make another covenant. And he begins to then share us, uh, what that will look like. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. I'm gonna put my law in their minds. I'm gonna write it on their hearts. I'm gonna be their God. They're gonna be my people. All of my covenant people will know me. And you, from the least to the greatest, that includes every one of us, we will all get to know the Lord. And then he says, and I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Well, then Ezekiel, who is prophesying at the same time, in Ezekiel 36, 26, he says this, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I'm going to remove from you your heart of stone. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to, clean, uh, to keep my laws. Now, there's something really interesting in this shift. In this first covenant at Mount Sinai, the Lord gives commandments, and 10 times in giving those commandments, he says, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, 10 times. But now when these prophets begin to speak about something that is coming in the future, that something shifts because the emphasis is no longer on thou shalt not, is it is on I will, I will, I will. It's God beginning to say, this time I'm going to do something. I will make a new covenant. Um, I will uh, uh, 
take you and teach you myself. I will make, uh, put my laws in your, your hearts. I will be your God and uh, I will teach you and I will forgive your wickedness. So the thou shalt not change us to an I will. And God is beginning to take the initiative. Now, we all know that some 2,020 years ago, that uh, what was recorded in the, the book of John becomes reality. The word becomes flesh and he makes his dwelling among us. And he begins to show us the glory of what the father is like. And he comes full of grace and truth. And John says to us in 1 John 1.17, John 1.17, the law was given through Moses, acknowledging what God had done at Mount Sinai. But then he says, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He has come to show us the one and only, the Father. I've come to make him known to you. Now, the people questioned uh, John the, the Baptist, and they said to him, are you that prophet? Remember the word that God had spoken through Moses. I'm going to raise up a prophet like you from among the brothers. You must listen to him. And, and John the Baptist said, nope, I'm not that one, but I am the voice of one who's preparing the way for him. And the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is an amazing introduction. And then we see the life of Jesus, his love, his power, feeding the sick, feeding the hungry, healing the sick. And then we see him going to the cross for us. But there was a very significant moment. We, we know that he called 12 disciples to be with him. And uh, one day he took three of them up into a mountain. And it was Peter, James, and John. And as they're up in that mountain, he is transfigured. They see Jesus as they've never seen him before. His face was shining like the sun. Even his clothing became white as light. And then there appeared Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Now, this is so astonishing that Peter, who is seldom at, uh, at a loss for what to say, Peter says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Now, let me put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But literally, while he's still speaking, a cloud covers them. And God speaks out of that cloud, and he says, this is my son whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Remember the words that Moses said? You must listen to him. And that's what we're doing today in 10 Days Prayer. We are going to a very pivotal moment in the life of Jesus in his ministry uh, when, uh, when we, we must listen. Now, Jesus touched the disciples after that, and he said, get up. He said, don't be afraid. And when they looked up, there was only Jesus there. Because I think what was happening, God was beginning to show the disciples that Moses has had his day of bringing the word of God. Elijah has his day as the prophet, but now as a prophet, but now it is Jesus who is going to speak to us. This is my son. Listen to him. Now, we see that this all, what, what Moses had done, the law and the prophets, what Elijah had done and those that followed, they were introducing Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. 
and he was going to enact that long promised new covenant. And with it, he was going to give us a new commandment. So this happened on the final evening he was with his disciples, the night before he went to the cross. And it was the Passover season. And Jesus knew that his time had come, and he was preparing now to show the full extent of his love to them. And you remember that as that evening went on, he took the bread and said words that had never been said before. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, in Luke 22, 20, he took, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. You have to understand that it's been 600 years since we have heard the word new covenant in scripture. It was 600 years earlier that Jeremiah spoke for God and said, I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And now Jesus speaks those words again on that final evening. It's so significant for us. A new covenant in my, my blood, which is poured out for you. He then tells his disciples, I'm only going to be with you very short amount of time. And where I am going, you can't come. And then in John 13, 34, on that special night, he's announced the new covenant in his blood. And now he says these words, John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if we love one another. We must understand today and in this season that new covenant and new commandment were announced the same night. Much like uh, when Moses was at Mount Sinai, that new covenant was announced with new commandments. So our new covenant is announced with a new commandment. Love one another as I've loved you. John goes on uh, to record that later in the evening, in John 15, 12, Jesus said these words, this is my command. He owns it as mine. Love each other as I have loved you. He says it again in John 15, 17. This is my command. Love each other. I've got to confess to you today that I missed this commandment for many decades of ministry. But on May 1st, 2002, I saw this commandment clearly as I had never seen it before. When that happened, I thought I was the only one that missed it. I was sure all of my friends knew it. But what I discovered over the next hours, weeks, months, and actually five years of research and prayer and writing was that I was not the only one that missed it. This precious new commandment that we love one another as he had loved us, had been lost very early in our history. It's been missing for some 1,800 years in large part. I believe in these 10 days, we need to pray that God will dramatically intervene and restore that commandment to his church, and that we will once again embrace not only his new covenant, but his new commandment. And we will let that mark of authenticity be upon us.
you know that at this season, uh, for 10 days prayer, the unity of the body of Christ is such an important prayer. The prayer that Jesus prayed, may they be one, Father, as we are one, that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them. So we see this as being so important, but that unity can only be preserved and maintained as we truly embrace the command to love one another. And uh, I, I, I think for me, um, I, I really went back to kind of, for years, I went back uh, to the time that God had spoken at Mount Sinai and um, and I remember, you know, hearing Jesus answering a question about the law to some of the Pharisees and Sadducees that were there, an expert in the law in Matthew 22 and in Mark's gospel. He tested him with some words and he said, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And I had always made that Jesus commandment. But this was a question that was asked of Jesus about the law of Moses which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus repeated uh, what we've just read earlier that was given at Mount Sinai. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. But then Jesus makes it clear, all the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. But that commandment, Jesus did not own as his commandment. His commandment was the new commandment, the one he owned as my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Here's a question. Does it make a difference which one we embrace as Jesus' commandment? I believe it dramatically makes a difference and that we must recover his commandment. You see, the covenant that was enacted at Mount Sinai was based on my finite ability to love God and to love others. The covenant that was enacted at Mount Calvary through Jesus' death, sacrifice, the shedding of his blood and his resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that covenant made at Calvary is based on God's infinite ability to love me. That's a great difference because we run out of love quickly on our own. But if we begin to receive the love of heaven, it makes a great change. Here's what it says in 1 John 4.10. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. God is calling us as his church to come back to this strategic shift when the new covenant was enacted and a new commandment. We are to receive the love of heaven and then let that love begin to flow out to others around us. We, he wants to so fill us with the Holy Spirit. I think that... Um, this is why the Apostle Paul in his Thessalonian letter, 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, said this, you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. 
And then he goes on to say, in fact, you do love all the brethren that are throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you to do so more and more. This is so strategic in our walk as Christians and in this strategic time in history. We must recover that commandment. There was a real warning that was given uh, to the children of Israel, uh, uh, to actually the, the, uh, not only the children of Israel, but now to the Ephesian church uh, in the book of, of Revelation. When God speaks to them and said, I have many things that are so good about what you've done. I know your endurance, your patience, your toil. You've tested the, the apostles that are false and you've endured, you've borne up in my name. But he said, I have something against you. You've abandoned the love you had at first. I want you to go back and do the works that you did at first. Remember the heights from where you've fallen. Whenever we stop loving each other, we have fallen from the heights of our Christianity done it first. Paul in his Ephesian letter says what they were in Ephesians 1.15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. They loved each other deeply. And I want to encourage us to re, to, to come together and embrace that commandment and uh, walk in obedience, as it says in 2 John um, chapter 1, verse 6. This is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. And as you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. There's an important part. We're going to go to prayer in a short time. But it's so important because Romans 5, 5 says this. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. And we're going to be praying and asking for a powerful outpouring of God's love uh, to be revealed on us. So I'm gonna uh, just uh, open it up to our, our directors and we can have some times of question and answers. Thank you, Gaylord. That was, uh, that was very good, very blessing, very wonderful. And uh, as we move into a time of question and answer, just a, another quick reminder in the chat, I've put the links to the various places where we'll be able to find the teaching through the question and answer and into the uh, um, prayer time, um, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, we're obviously broadcasting live and um, I'll put it at the end of the chat as well, as well as I put Gaylord's, uh, the link to Gaylord's ministry. And so, uh, um, again, if someone has a specific question, please feel free to put it in chat and we'll uh, filter through and, and float those up. And um, as we wait for some of those, Gaylord, I had a specific question because um, obviously listening, you have been championing this transition for some time now. And by your own confession, know what it's like to not have made that transition. Yes. And a lot of times, what, what we really need in the body of Christ is how to navigate some of the day-to-day -day. Mm -hmm. because transition doesn't happen in a moment with the Lord, does it? No. It happens over time. A prophetic word is given, a promise. Years go by. And there's that tension, the tension of, uh, of living and working with people 
when you have different convictions and unrighteousness comes up, mm-hmm. can you give us a couple of insights on how little, little key nuggets where you've seen this really works and this will get you to the other side and here's how you can apply it? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and and I, I think uh, I, I just would go to, first, first of all, a biblical uh, moment that was transformational for me in understanding this. You, you remember, you know, Peter was just the boldest apostle. I mean, he said, uh, if everybody else leaves you, Jesus, I won't, you can count on me. But before the night is over, he has been challenged by a couple of little servant girls and he has denied Jesus three times. And I think in that moment, Peter realized that what I've done is so egregious that I'm off the team. I I could not possibly be one of the disciples any longer. I think my role is going to be back fishing. And you remember he takes a half dozen of the other disciples and they go back out and go fishing again. And Jesus shows up on the shore early in the morning, just when the light was coming. And he, he hollers out over the water, have you guys caught any fish? And they said no, and he instructs them to put their nets on the other side. And they get 153 of the largest fish they've ever caught in them, that lake. And when they get ashore, Jesus has fixed breakfast for them on the shore. He has fish that are frying. He has a fire for them to warm up to. And, um, and then after they had had breakfast and counted the fish and all that, uh, Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, come with me. Let's have a talk. And he says, Peter, do you really love me? And, uh, um, and Peter, you know, you know, said, well, you know that I like you. <laughs> and he says, well, feed my sheep. Do you, Peter, do you really love me? Um, you know I like you. Feed my sheep. And then Jesus says, Peter, do you really like me? And, and Peter was grieved that he said it that way the third time. And Peter said, you know that I like you, feed my sheep. And it was that moment, that love, that uh, I think inspired Peter to write some 30 years later when he wrote his letter. He said, above all, love each other fervently from the heart because love covers a multitude of sins. I think that night he experienced the love that Jesus had for him in a way that he could not believe. And I think that same thing has to happen with us collectively because there are many opportunities to become offended, uh, to make division, to uh, isolate from one another. And I think we have to have the love that covers. And when I, re- when I saw that, it changed something about how I confront people. Um, I used to uh, confront them in ways that many times led to more hostility. But I saw the Jesus model, and I saw what he did to Peter. And, you know, just weeks later, Peter is opening the door of the church, and thousands of people begin to come in. Uh, (laughs) That's such an incredible demonstration to me of what the power uh, of, let's see, love covers, but it, it also confronts but it confronts in a way that brings healing and deliverance. Love is so powerful. And I've seen that work out with a lot of situations uh, just on a day-to-day basis. And so 
I don't know, that's been transformational in my life. Thank you. And uh, as a quick follow-up to that, so I, I heard you identify in the midst of it, offense. Mm -hmm. And I think we can say not so much one offense, because offense, <laughs> we're prone to offense every day, aren't we? <laughs> um, Throw me in there. Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. And I think everybody can relate to, what have you found as some of the, the key indicators or triggers where you can notice, like, this is how I'm starting to drift away from this reality? Mm -hmm. And what are the, the, the practical steps that have helped you in those moments? Because we all know what it's like to be overtaken by an emotion or by an interaction, or, you know, reaction, etc. What are That's some of the key things that you found can bring you back to that place and the red flags where you're drifting away? Well, that's a, that is a, that is so significant. Um, I think it takes us back to Jesus. Remember when he was on the cross um, and the crowds are out there uh, and with some of the last breath he had, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, I, I now see that I was in that crowd. I, I was way at the back, <laughs> thousands of years later, but I was in that crowd. And I think, this is me, me personally, I'm gonna suggest this. I think forgiveness is one of the key things. Even as he forgave me, I have to forgive others when they offend. And many times it's, it's unilateral. It's, it's not because someone comes to me and says, will you forgive me? Or I go to someone else and say it, but it's when we recognize it, we forgive in our hearts. We release them and welcome God to come in and begin to work. And I think that's been a key. I've seen uh, some tragic disasters when people were unwilling to forgive. And I think to me, that's been the biggest lesson. This love and having I need to be quick with others when they have uh, when when they have said something which I either didn't understand or was offended by or I thought it was wrong. Uh, I have to let it go. I have to release it and forgive. So that'd be probably the first thing that comes to mind. Thank you. So yes, we'll take special note. Maybe when it comes time to prayer, maybe you can lead off for a quickening so that we can be quick to recognize unforgiveness because of offense. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, now um, Grant and Hallie, they have, they have a question for you, so let's pass it over to them. Go ahead, Grant. Go ahead. Hi, Papa Gay Lord. Oh, Hallie. Hi, Hi Hallie. Hi, Grant. So much. Hey, Papa Gay Lord. I, you know. We love you. <laughs> love you too. Thank you. You guys, you're, you're amazing. I, I'm continuously reminded daily that, you know, I need the Father's love. Like, I need for me to love. I can't, like, I can't love, I can't even love my husband fully without coming from the love of the Father. And I want you to know that I learn a lot of that from, from watching you when we were in Israel together. Oh, wow. Wow. And I just really need to just honor you and say that, um, you know, we were together hours and hours and hours yes. every day. Yeah. And anytime, even if I walked by you on the bus, 
that love came oh, from above and Father. out mm. at every moment. And I just want to honor you and say Amen. thank you for, for leading us in this, in this place and for opening our hearts to really have an understanding. Because, you know, I too thought, oh, I love well. I don't love well. I can't love well unless I have his love flowing through me. So I thank you for that and I honor you. Papa, love you. Thank you, Allie. Papa Gaylord. I, I, uh, I can so, I, I, uh, I, I think, I'm 75 now and I think, you know, you, I need to wake, I'm still a little boy on the inside that needs to wake up every morning and hear the father whisper I love you Gaylord I love you receive my love because it's his love which empowers me to live a life of love and uh, in obedience to the command Jesus gave us it is so essential thank you amen do you want to lead us off in prayer in that yeah, uh, yeah. I just we have time for prayer. one more question that came through yeah, I think sure. it's a, it's, it was actually a, a great question um, what effective strategies have you applied when confronting or disciplining others using Jesus' model? Um, I think um, there's something that is, that is significant to me. And I, I would say, you know, it's kind of like in, in real estate where, you know, the, what are the three big things in real estate? <laughs> location, location, location. Anyway, uh, I think in, in this thing, it's, it's loving relationship, loving relationship, loving relationship. And I think the biggest thing is people need to know that you truly love them. And that you are not going to walk away from them and abandon them if they are not able to, in that immediate moment, make the change. They, in that moment, you're going to continue to love them. I've had a lot of years, 50-some years of full-time ministry, and I've had a lot of circumstances over those years where um, um, uh, people have chosen to separate themselves and, and, you know, I've said to pastors around the world, I've just said this, I'm always suspicious of pastors who love people when they're coming, but not when they're going. Uh, and I think um, I've, I've learned by the grace of God to love people, not only when they're coming, but when they're going. And so many of those people have come back around and are some of my best friends, even though there was a time decades ago when they chose for whatever reason to say I think I found uh, a, a different you know way I need to go and I think I need to leave you or I think they're doing something better than you are you know which is probably true but uh, by by not cutting people off uh, when when we find those disappointments I think that's a huge thing love them whether they're coming or going God brings them back so many times Thank you. That was actually amazing. I can, uh, I can say I have Viking blood in me. I have Norse blood. And so <laughs> the, the reality, you know, tenderness and love, those realities are, are things that I have to apprehend. And I think that was just said so beautifully. Um, <laughs> so, hey, you got, you got to realize you're not alone. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm a Germanic in background and we can be so rigid and so, 
Um, you know, I grew up in an environment where I never heard the word love in our home except when we were reading it out of the Bible. We just didn't use that word. And uh, we were so stiff and rigid and uh, performance oriented. It's, it's been a huge change for me too. <laughs> it's been a miracle. <laughs> so please, yes, on that note, so Gaylord, can you lead us into prayer? And I, I think that at least the three key things for us to receive that blast of love, yeah. daily, yeah. daily dose and daily blast of love, and for us to, to, to impart to us a, a sensitive conscience to feel when that offense and, and unforgiveness yeah. is beginning to harden. And then, yeah. uh, and then we'll, we'll open it up after, after you, you go. And if, if people could just unmute and feel free to, to, to pray and then yes. re-mute. let's keep yes. them, you know, kind of brief so we can get a, as many people in who want to, and then we'll bring it back at the end and, and close up. I thank you. I really feel like the prayers of the people that are on this this ten days um, around the world, their prayers are going to be so significant. So I will be happy to open, uh, but I'm excited about being able to agree with the prayers of people around the world. So Father, thank you for your amazing love for us, that you not only created us. But then when we were separated from you, you sent your son to call us back into relationship with you. You made the way through his sacrifice, his life, his death, his resurrection on the third day. And we thank you that he even lives now to intercede for us. Thank you, Father, for that plan. And Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for showing the love of the Father, for beginning to show us that, that uh, we could know your Father, even as you had come to know him. And we could be obedient to his commands, even as you were obedient to his command. I thank you for that love, Lord. And thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to fill us, to fill us. And uh, God, today, we just are reminded again that you have poured out your love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit that you've given to us. And I ask now that even on this moment around the world, that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, just a gracious outpouring. Would you flood us and fill us and teach us how to wait upon you in those daily moments when we need more love, Lord. Show us how to receive that love and be filled, Lord. Deliver us from ourselves, Lord, because uh, we're so weak when it comes to uh, thou shalt not. Uh, but when you say, I will, I will, I will do it in you, we welcome that grace. Pour into us in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that, Father. Amen. Yes, Lord. I think there's others that can just pray on that and just agree right there for one thing. Welcome you, Lord. Come Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray right now, Lord God, and I thank you, Father, for the timing of this teaching, Lord, that I'm just rejoicing because during the break, Lord, what I call a break was during the Spanish session when I was taking a walk outside and praying. You reminded me about the new song, Lord, and you reminded me about 
that you are doing a new thing, Lord God. And I just thank you for this teaching, Lord. And I thank you that um, my favorite word in the Bible is hear. Hear, O Israel. That word hear, it means hearing intentionally, Lord God. And it means it's implying obedience, Lord. It's an intimate, beautiful hearing where I'm just pressing into you, Lord, in intimacy to hear what you have to say. And so, Father, I thank you that that even though you gave the commandments to the people in the Old Testament, Lord God, now you've given us your spirit, Lord God. Yeah. And you've said to us that as we walk in your spirit, Lord God, we fulfill the commandments and the law. And as yes. we walk in your love, Lord God, we fulfill the commandments yes. and the law. And I thank you that yes. your spirit fills us, Lord God, and works in us to will and to do. It makes us want to do that loving thing because you're filling us. Yes. And so, Father, we ask you to continue to fill our hearts with your love and that empowerment of that love will cause us to walk in it and to do that thing, Lord God. And I thank you that even the new song is something that we learn, Lord God, because the elders, Lord God, and oh, I think it's in Revelation where the elders said that they sang a new song. So Father, they were still learning the new song even then. And we never stopped learning that new song, Lord. And that new song was played on a harp of 10 strings, Lord God. And that number 10 is so significant because it's the beginning of a new cycle, one of many cycles. So we never stop learning of your love. We never stop growing in your love. We never stop breaking into those new places, Lord God, those new cycles and those new levels because your love empowers us. And that your love and your spirit causes us to be able to obey you and to walk in love in Jesus' name. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Father, I just thank you for your heart. And I thank you that your desire is to share your heart that is so full of love with us. Father, I thank you that this is a season when you call us in to the secret places, God, where you desire that we come into your chamber. And Father, your desire is to lavish your love upon your children. So Father, I just thank you that you would just continue to lavish your love upon us as we draw close to you, God. And Father, I just thank you that you invite us in this season because it is a season when you are wooing your bride and you are bringing us into a new place of intimacy with you. And Father, as we come into the intimate place, God, and you begin to pour your love out upon us, we will be able to love one another just as you and Jesus are love each other. So thank you. Thank you for bringing us into that unity, that place of love, abiding love between you and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that you've not only uh, given us a strategy, but you've given us the pathway, Father, to John 17, unity. Father, we thank you that in this year of 2020, when we, when we grab a hold of, of that commandment in John 13, 34, and, and let it soak into our heart, and Lord, and let it take over our very being, Father, you are aligning us in this year in this year 2020, in this year 5780, now 5781, you are aligning us with your perfect strategy, your perfect path, Father, into that love in John 17. In fact, Lord, we just, we know and declare that is the only way 
that is the only way that my brothers and sisters have been praying into that love that you call us into. As we align with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit individually, Lord, there is a corporate aligning as we yield ourselves completely to the very Holy Spirit of God to be able to do that. So we thank you, Lord. We just bless everyone, anyone on this call, Father, and certainly and especially what you are doing, Yeshua. In your name we pray. Yes. Father, I lift up the brokenhearted, Lord, the ones who have suffered broken hearts in their life. And Lord, you just showed me a picture of a log jam in a river of love, Lord. And I ask, Father, that you would break up those log jams in people's hearts and remove all the detritus, all the garbage, all the things of the past that are stopping people from receiving your love and stopping that love from flowing out of them, Father. I ask, Lord, that you would heal their hearts, that you would open them up to receive every bit of love that you have for them, Lord, that they, even though that some of them, I just see them like holding the door shut, trying to hold that door shut. And I say no more in the name of Yeshua. And I declare that that door of love is going to swing wide open in their lives, even now. Even now, even though they're trying to fight it off, Lord, I ask that you would cause them to say yes, that you would cause them to say, okay, I give up. I receive what you have for me. And Lord, let them know that they can trust you, Lord. Let them know that you will not hurt them, Lord, that you love them completely and unconditionally. And that they are not like, that you are not like the world. You are not like the world when it comes to love. Your love is endless. Your love is unconditional. Your love goes so far beyond anything we can even understand in our own minds, oh God. And I ask, Father, that you would cause people to just give in to you and say yes to you and say yes to your love, Lord, because that's the only thing, Lord, that is going to wash away the world from their lives and wash away the pain and wash away the hurt and bring in the healing, Lord. Mm. And I just thank you for doing that right now, Father, that you, Lord, are, are even now just, just washing away all those old things, all the things that have been done to people by people, Lord, so that you can come in, so that you can come in and truly show what love is to them. And I just thank you for that right now in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lord, I just want to agree with Susan's prayer, Lord. And I just thank you that you give pictures to people to help us pray, Lord. I pray, Lord, for these logs the, where the generations are breaking up and uh, the young people are feeling um, totally unloved and there's just so much misunderstandings in the families, Lord. Because, Lord, there's this love part missing, Lord. This, this treasure that Gaylord has found, Lord, that has always been there but has never been truly understood, Lord. And, and Lord, we as the body of believers are supposed to show this love to the dying world. And they just look at us and think, oh, if that's what it means, I don't want to have anything to do with it, Lord. And so we ask you to cleanse the, cleanse our lives, Lord. Cleanse our lives that we might have your love, Lord. Mm. That we might have your love. 
to love even our enemies, Lord. Never mind our families, Lord. We just ask for that breaking of the logs that are blocking the love of the Father into mm. the sons and the daughters, into mm. the into the the old people that are feeling alone and rejected, Lord, into the working people, Lord, that are so on a treadmill, they don't even know that they love, Lord. And so, Lord, we just cry out to you, Lord, that this log that is breaking up and clogging up the love of the Father would uh, be removed during these 10 days, Lord, that the love between races would be cleansed, the love between Jew and Arabs and Gentiles would be cleansed, Lord, that this love would invade uh, our world, Lord, uh, through us, Lord, in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much to everyone um, who prayed. Thank you, um, That was a, a very good time. It was a very good time of embracing that reality of welcoming love back into, uh, into the church and into our hearts. Um, we're going to uh, start our transition. Uh, we've got a couple of announcements to, uh, to inform people about before we move to the next session. And uh, also, I just wanted to remind everyone, I've uh, just uploaded again the links to the YouTube channel and the podcast, as well as uh, uh, the Facebook page. All of the teaching sessions um, will be archived and available at those locations. You can share them as you'd like. Um, we also have, uh, I have Gaylord's uh, ministry address in there um, at the bottom so that you can continue to, uh, to pursue that love revolution now. And, uh, and Gaylord, just want to really thank you again for coming and pouring out your heart. We really, really do appreciate it. And it's absolutely much needed. So until next time, bless you. Bless you very much. Thank you so much for all you're doing and just the prayers. I'm touched by the prayers. I just believe they're being multiplied and God's answering. Thank you. And now, uh, Grant, I believe uh, you and Joel have some uh, announcements uh, to fill out the rest of the time. Amen. And, uh, Praise God. Yeah. Bless you, brother. A um, couple of things. Um, uh, we have tomorrow another very special guest, uh, Pastor Raleigh Washington. For those of you not familiar with Pastor Raleigh Washington, he was one of the originators of Promise Keepers with Coach, Coach, uh, um, Coach, what was that, Pilar? Coach McCarthy. Coach McCarthy, yes, thanks. And uh, he has a real heart for the one you man, and especially coming from God's children from the nations, he really has a message for the church. His ministry now is called Road to Jerusalem. 